Welcome to Budo, the Way of the Warrior podcast. This podcast is a collection of historical and philosophical references, contemplations, lectures, and exchanges with David M. Valadez, his students, and guests. Podcasts are recorded on the mat at the Ascension Center in Southern California and in studio. These podcasts are provided to cultivate the warrior on the way and to add light to their path. Okay. Uh, any questions or comments? Anything to the last class or the writings that we've done? No confessions. When I was a boy, uh, you know, we were raised Catholic, and confession was uh, terrifying. You I mean I have to go in and and tell all these things? And we we used to like make things up. You know, like which which uh, you know evil deed can I live with bringing to the surface? <laughs> So we say, well, I got very angry at my brother. I said a bad word. You know, but we don't really change from the, that kind of childhood relation to ourself, right? We, the, we, we come to the way, and as we've been talking about lately, is we tend to stay in our comfort zones, which is like what I did, right, as a boy. It's kind of interesting then that, you know, a sacred text talks about putting away childish ways as we do that. Um, I think it's very hard. It is very hard to do. Well, it, that is the definition of moving out of your comfort zone, isn't it? And I think what we have to do is always look at ourselves and really look for these two things, comfort and an absence of discomfort. And you can use those two poles to tell you uh, or to give you some insight into what we would call the quality of your practice. So if your practice is, does not have those, those things, right? Or if it has comfort, if it does not have this discomfort, then our training, we would say, is not very much of high quality, by which we mean not, it's not a high percentage of ourselves that's actually on the table being cultivated. In fact, we're leaving great deal, a great deal of ourselves off the table. And you can come to an art. If you look at the way I, Aikido's practice today, it's actually geared towards leaving huge portions of yourself off the table. Um, everything in the modern world is geared that way. You, you, uh, you come to class, uh, you have all of the rest of your life 
on a huge percentage of the day and you only come to class a couple hours, you go home, you don't live in the dojo in most cases. There's a few people that do, but not a great deal, right? And I think most dojo actually train in a way that that's perfectly fine. Um, and even though we try not to here, there's just no way around it. We don't live in the dojo. We have jobs. We have families. We spend more time in the world than we do in the dojo. And I think for that reason, it's even more important to monitor ourselves for comfort and discomfort. My, personally, what I have found is that we need to have our practice be a kind of asceticism. And I think some key things for asceticism are at least the following. Your, your body must be part of it. That's the difference between an academic theoretical approach and an asceticism. Your, your body is actually the focal point of your early training. But how much of your body? Many of us are fine with, well, I like to, I, w I hope I can do pull-ups, so I'll do that. But some of us won't deal with, you know, eating healthy or stop drinking or um, fasting or even working with the concept of the the spiritual importance of our stomachs being empty like what what what's that got to do with ikyo you know we're not we're not operating at that level or in another way pain we train every way we can as long as we don't feel pain but again that's leaving a huge part of your body off the table And then, of course, you can have your cellular, cellular extinction, which is off the table. Your death is off the table. We don't deal with that. There's always tomorrow. Next week, I'm going to follow the way. Next week, I'm going to make the sacrifices. Because it's comfortable like that. So to have an ascetic practice, I have to have my body in there, but th that's not necessarily all I need to do. Because at some point, the second criteria for an asceticism, is, and you're not going to like this, is that there is no part outside of your practice. Do you, do you understand that? There is no part. There's not, I follow the way here, not there. I follow the way with this person, not with that person. I follow the way if this works out, not if it, if it works out this other way that I don't have to actually maintain my practice. And I think that second reason is why the body is so central to asceticism, because you can't get away from your body You, you can, for example, you can talk and theorize about musubi or takamusu aiki. 
But if you can't act it, if you can't be it, then please stop talking about it, you see? That's, that is how an asceticism approaches the validity of our practice or not, whether it's there or not. So we have people who don't address the strength-to-weight ratio, right? I think the body is just so prime because it's always with us. It's kind of like a, a spiritual snack pack, you know? It's like a spiritual fanny pack or something where you can always work on your spirit because you can always touch your spirit through your body by using this dichotomy or this this spectrum of comfort and discomfort you can always touch your body you can always approach it is this comfortable is this uncomfortable where what am i doing where am i headed and so we can always we always have in a way, a temple. Oh, that's weird. The body is a temple. But not temple like, you know, I go and I pay my tourist fee and I go in and I sneak pictures when they tell me not to take a picture. It's temple like it's a working temple. There's real monks in there doing real work. That's what we mean, the body is a temple. The body is not just the location, but the means of our asceticism. And I think once you figure that out, it's very easy then to have the next step taken, which is every aspect of my life is a chance to cultivate the way. And this is quite different from just, you know, I do two hours a day. Totally different. Or I go one hour on Sunday. These are not the same things. And they show up in very profound ways. So even in the last class in the Newaza, right, I mean, you have one body and it's doing something which is not what it's supposed to be doing. That body is now going to experience an entirely different reality from the body that's doing the right thing. So... If you don't step completely out of the guard to the ankles and you step with your feet next to each other, you're going to be taken down. You're going to be swept. It's not a lesser variant of the arm isolation and striking to the elbow. Do you, do you know what I mean? No, you're, you're completely out of that path. You're about to get pounded. It's not almost there. It's radically not there. Because the body at that point was not in harmony with the path. It was doing its own thing. It was doing what was easy. 
I'm going to step here. It's easier stepping here than going all the way to where I was supposed to go. And we do those kind of micro decisions all the time, choosing comfort and ease over what's right. And when we do that, that's our practice. That is, if we can now play on the word, that is our asceticism. We are ascetics in comfort and ease. We are monks of that. That is our religion. Because inversely, we, we define our worldview and our religion by what is governing my behavior and my interpretation of the world. And, and by what means do I experience the world? And when you look at it, it's comfort and ease. That's your God and your church. But Buddha is a different church. And that comfort and ease is the great Satan. In all those hours that are not part of our practice are some demonic lieutenant in hell. This is, this is what it means for our Buddha to be in asceticism. Now, the ego in us might want to go, huh, I'd rather not be in hell. Or, I wish you wouldn't call my life hell. Hey, who cares what I think? I'm just exposing my practice to you. You came in the door. You walked in. I didn't go find you. And you can walk out, right? But you can't stop me from sharing my practice. You came to my house. And I'm fine where you're at. But I'm not fine for where you're at being where I should be at. As I'm fine with you doing your practice, let me do mine. I accept where you're at. Accept where I'm at. Where I'm at, that looks like hell. And nothing's going to make me in my world, in my experience. Nothing will make me put my feet where they need to go. But this discipline and this strict adherence to what is right. And that adherence is nothing if it falters in the face of something so petty 
as comfort and ease. This, the, the, the energy to move my feet where they need to go is worth what I get for having done it. But when I value comfort and ease above everything else, then that energy is not worth it. And if that's your way, that's your way. But what I found through the decades of teaching people is while that is the way that people have, they're never really comfortable with it. And that's in you. That's not on me. That's on you. Deep down, what the Deshi wants is not for their way to be accepted, but for me to stop talking so it can go back into the shadows and the silence of the self-deception and the procrastination and the compartmentalization. The voice is a light where we'd rather not have one. But again, that's on you. What kind of fool starts cursing at the sun when the moon goes down? Really? If we saw that, we would think you were mad. What do you want the sun to do? So I see through this, through this asceticism, I see every step as an ascetic practice. If you, can't, if you can't or you won't, which is also a can't, put your foot where it goes, how it's supposed to go. If you can't put the sword where it goes, how it's supposed to go, if you can't move it in the way it's supposed to be moved, then that movement is not part of your practice. And if you investigate and you go, why are you moving it like that? You're going to find these two demons of ease and comfort. It's not going to be right. We're not that special snowflake that's come in and we have a decade or two and we figured out all this stuff and actually everybody else was wrong. And I say this, even, even, even if you could be right, I'm telling you there is a truer practice in just moving your foot as directed. even if it's wrong. Because there's an unconsciousness that usually accompanies why we're putting our foot where we are. It's not a conscious decision-making thing at the end of a huge scientific effort. 
to research and separate right from wrong. It's, that's, that's not what it is. We're just unconsciously not moving our body as prescribed. But if you can make that single step, that foot, the direction, the path, the timing, and you can make it rise to the level of ontological significance, now you have an asceticism. And when we can't, what do we see? We see also that we have in the dojo and out the dojo reality. We have comfort zones that are determining our courses of action, our belief systems. They always go together. But that's precisely why put your foot there like this then can become an ascetic practice. And it's a valid way of relating to the self entirely outside of any kind of martial concern. It's extremely potent as far as self-transformation is concerned. You should come to your Kihon Waza classes and say, why can't I do this? I will do this. And invest. Invest your body. That's the training. That's the doorway of this asceticism. Otherwise, really, there is no reason for Kihonwaza, for even Aikido. There's no reason. There's no purpose. We're fooling ourselves. We're doing cosplay. We're continuing to practice unconsciousness the lack of presence, no mindfulness. Forget Takamusu Aiki and Fudoshin. We're, right? No. Divine communion. No, we're way on the other end. But if you start and you make every single move a big-ass deal, then you have this asceticism. Because it's a big-ass deal that involves your body and the entirety of who you are. This is how you should train all the time. Stop the glossing through things. The slurring of your moves with no diction. The compromisation. The satisfaction with what is less. Stop that. Make everything like life and death. Make everything operate on that edge. That's what we mean. That is the asceticism of Buddha.
So let's do that. Let's do the first move of the Nikyo we've been working on from the last video. Okay, let's get to that lock. Let's get the right footwork, the right distance. Let's just get that. The right body alignment. Forget Aiki. Forget Kokyu. Let's just get time and space. Okay? Let's go. This concludes this episode of Budo the Way of the Warrior podcast. For more information, please visit sensioncenter.com. S E N S H I N C E N T E R.com. Or find us at Facebook at Sension Center and on our YouTube channel at Sension One. Thank you for listening.